And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother, in case I don't get back, Jesus never called her mama. The scriptures call her mama. But that is the most precious title that Mary ever had. Amen. The mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. There were set there six water pots of stone. After the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece, Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. <laughs> In other words, they couldn't hold no more. Y'all see that? It's a sloshing out, Brother Scott. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and the barret and the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which you the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine unto now. In the beginning of the miracles did Jesus in Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Praise you and thank you, dear God, for our dear brother that's praying, Brother Justin Pierce. And thank you, dear God, for every person that's here, for every song that's been sung, uh, uh, for the message, God, and the place you've directed us today. We pray, God, that you get the glory. Uh, I want to thank you, Lord, for the blood that was shed at Calvary. Uh, and, Lord, we know that the Bible, one time as you dying at Calvary, uh, uh, you told John, Behold thy mother, uh, and put him in the nursing home ministry. And right now, uh, Lord, you did that in the last moments of your life. I met the needs uh, but Lord we see now your mo- uh, this earthly mother is involved uh, in, in the first miracle that ever took place Lord we pray uh, uh, that we do business right Lord we pray God that we do what's pleasing to you uh, dealing with our text that we not get outside of it uh, uh, but follow you and do your will for your glory save a sinner touch the saint help us God to get out of the way uh, uh, we need you to breathe on us Lord we can't preach without you and there'll be no preaching done except the Holy Ghost do it anyway help us God I pray to be a vessel in Jesus name we pray and all God's people say you may be seated if the Lord would help us for a little while this morning I want to preach on this thought the master at the marriage notice the Bible says that Jesus comes on the scene here you'll notice in verse number 2 there is a company there Jesus the mother of Jesus and his disciples you'll notice in verse number 3 there's a consultation the mother of Jesus is saying unto him they have no wine she's talking to the Lord and 
and, and here's the amazing thing, the first miracle uh, uh, that the Lord ever did uh, uh, was at a wedding, amen. Uh, it was at the moment when the joy or the wine had run out, almost as if to say, if your joy runs out, don't run down to Carowinds, don't go to Six Flags, don't try to go to God, Dollywood, don't try to go buy you enough stuff to get the joy back. Uh, but the one thing you can do is when the joy runs out, talk to Jesus. That's what Mary did. Amen. Uh, amen. When everything fails, talk to Jesus. And so there's a company, there's a consultation, there's a command in verse 5. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Everything he says, we ought to do. Amen. If we want to see his miracles, then we need to mind what the Master says. Amen. There's a compliance. The Bible said they filled it to the brim because Christ begins the miracle and the working power of that he does, he always does it in spirit-filled vessels. I say amen. There's a commencement. I'm trying to get through my introduction. There's a commencement here in verse number 11. This was the beginning of his earthly ministry. When I think about Jesus down here at this marriage, there's about four or five things comes to my mind. First of all, I want you to notice it's a wedding. Look, the Bible said in verse number one, said it was the third day. I love it every time the Lord does something special on the third day. This is the third day principle. The third day after he came into Galilee, he does his first miracle on earth. It was the third day, thank God, amen. Hallelujah, that Moses told Pharaoh, we gotta go three days if we're gonna worship God, amen. It was Abraham said, when he saw that place he's supposed to worship, it was on the third day. Jesus was buried and got up the third day. I wanna say based on the third day, amen, based on the resurrection, the third day principle, there's miracles still being performed today. Notice the time of the wedding, but notice the place of the wedding. Uh, the Bible says uh, it was a kind of, it was an obvious place. It was in Cana of Galilee. Now the Bible says in Genesis in chapter number 40, uh, 49 verse number 20 that this Cana of Galilee was a, it was one of those portions of land that was deeded to Asher. And according to the Bible in Joshua chapter number 19 and verse 28, when Asher gets his inheritance, wherever his land is, they're going to, Asher's going to put out royal danities. What, what that means is there's going to be, there's going to be some danities or there's going to be some yummy manna to eat. There's going to be some delicacies to eat. In other words, there's going to be some tasty bread to eat. In other words, Jesus, amen, is the bread that can satisfy your hunger. And the first miracle he does, he does it where God says there's going to be some royal bread set on the table down at Dasher's inherited land. Amen. Amen. What I'm saying is fooey on chocolate. Try Christ. That's the real comfort food. Somebody say amen. Woo, amen. Somebody hold my mule. It's an obvious place. Amen. It's a, it's a place that's an obscure place. It's out in the countryside. It's not in Jerusalem. It's in the countryside. It's not in the public eye where everybody can bring praise to Jesus. 
It's in the countryside, meaning that Jesus does not seek man's approval, does not seek man's appreciation. He does not seek to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. Thank God for the place, the time. Notice the occasion. I said it before. It was this marriage was on this or, or uh, this third day event, this first miracle, this place. It was there was something going on there. It was a wedding. Now somebody said, preacher, why did God choose to do His first miracle at a wedding? The only reason I can give you is He instituted marriage. He blesses marriage. And according to Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. It is the marriage that is symbolic of the believer's union, amen, with Christ. It is marriage that shows the world that, thank God, when you get saved, you become the bride of the heavenly groom. It is marriage where two people become one. And when somebody repents, and get saved we become one we're in his body we are his bride we are his building I feel like I need to say it one more time we're a building that can't be demolished we're a bride that'll never be divorced amen thank you Lord amen I mean we're in the family born in it married in it adopted in it thank God amen for this marriage it is it is here God instituted his earthly ministry he started his earthly ministry. I thank God for it. I will say this, by the way, while we're talking about marriage, just a little side note. Marriage, if you're going to have a wedding, it's good to have Jesus at it. Somebody ought to say amen there. And Jesus better be in it or it ain't going to work. Amen. And you might find, amen, amen. I tell you what, what I think about when I read this text, it's like a lot of marriages. The joys run out. Amen. Amen, that's right. They just hanging on or hanging out. And but thank God, if you want to get your joy back, talk to Jesus. If you need joy back in your marriage, talk to Jesus. It's always better, amen. Marriage is going to be better when Jesus is involved in it. Amen. By the way, by the way, biblical marriage is under attack today. I just want to let everybody know. Just want to remind everybody on by virtue of the internet and right here at this church. One man, one woman, forever. Somebody say amen. Holy matrimony. That's why they call it the holy state of matrimony. God's plan from the beginning was one man for one woman. You say, I don't believe that. Well, Genesis 2, 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good the man should be alone. I will make unto him and help me. Genesis 2, verse 21. The Bible said, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought he the woman unto the man. I'm glad I didn't have to go to eHarmony and do a worldwide search for a married wife for somebody that's compatible and they messed up anyway. They look for similarities and you can't, amen, opposites attract. Try putting try two north poles of a magnet. They repel. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hey, don't listen, young people. Don't go on dating apps. Don't try to find them down there at eHarmony or Christian Harmony. Just let God bring you the one. He wants you to be with. Let Jesus get in it. Amen. I feel like that, that went right right there. That went real good right there. Amen. Thank God the first thing he did was do the first miracle at a wedding. 
I believe he shows up to weddings. Amen. I like it when he shows up to weddings. Hey, you better hope he's in your wedding. Say amen. The interesting thing, I've said it before, the first miracle that Jesus did is at a wedding. According to John, the first recorded miracle in John was at a wedding. The last recorded miracle in John is at a funeral. So from the gladdest moments to the saddest moments, God is still working in people's lives. And so he is with your heart and mind. God's still working. You may feel like you're in the saddest moment of your life. You've never seen anything so bad. Hey, just turn around and talk to Jesus. He can put the joy back in it. You say, preacher, I'm telling you, I'm nervous. I'm looking. Hey, two people are becoming one. We've got new decisions. Young people's going to the military last week. we got young people going to Pensacola and Bob Jones. we got young people going to Banneret to Lee McRae. we got young people starting new colleges, new careers. We've got young people going to, J, uh, to junior high and high school and new schools. I mean, people's at new crossroads are going to new things. And can I just tell you, thank God, talk to Jesus when you're launching out in a new thing in your life. Hey, man, it'll put the joy back in it. They're sure you're going to be nervous. And hey, you had not been here before. But thank God, he'll lead the way. Amen. I love, I love when in Joshua chapter number three, the Lord brought it to my mind uh, when them priests lifted up the ark and put their feet into the brim of the water because Jordan overflowed its banks all the time of harvest. They'd walked 40 years in the wilderness and they'd seen God do it. Their, their mom and daddy had seen God do it. Grandpa and grandma had seen God do it at the Red Sea. And now the youngins is going to get to see God do it at Jordan. Amen. As soon as they put their feet on the, in the brim of the water, the waters began to roll back. They didn't divide. They rolled back and so all this water went down God dried it up like a bounty quicker bigger upper rolled the water back from Adam to Zarathan that's from A to Z Amen. rode it back let people walk over on dry ground hallelujah you know what he said he said y'all need to make sure that you stay away about three quarters of a mile because you ain't passed this way hitherto for and that ark represented God what God's saying when you go to new territory I'll always lead the way I say hallelujah. They couldn't even see the man holding up the ark that far away. All they could see was the sun glistening off the golden amen sides of that ark. All you need to do is keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Talk to Jesus. He'll give you joy for the new way of your life. Say amen. Notice this last miracle. Amen. One, I, I thought about this, brother, uh, brother Lander, that these attendants that were here. Christ came, his mama came, the disciples came. Amen. Everybody showed up at the marriage. It's almost like the Lord saying, Hey, and this is, he's, he's been here for 30, 30, he's been here for 30 years. And for 30 years, we, he finally, he does a miracle. He does the first one at the marriage. You say, Preacher, he wouldn't have done it if his mama didn't ask him. Don't, hey, listen, God moves pieces. Hey man, we move checker, we move checkers, and God moves chess pieces. He moved things around to, to navigate so that his first miracle would be done at a wedding, at a marriage, in an obscure, obscure place and so that his disciples would see who he really is. And the Bible said they're going to follow him. They're going to recognize he is the Messiah. If they hadn't got it yet, they'll get it now. That crowd's going to get it. His mama's going to get it. Hey Amen. I know she heard from the angels. I know the Lord spoke. To her. I know she knows she's a virgin, but listen, I'm telling the Bible said she pondered them things. God settled some things right here on this day. 
sometimes you've got to talk to Jesus when you need things settled. Not only the marriage, but I want you to notice the miracle. When I think about this, this miracle, God utilized this woman named Mary. In verse number two, the Bible says, him that Jesus called and his disciples to the, to the marriage. And then verse five, his mother said unto the servants. He, servant, he, he called her in verse number four, a woman. He said, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. So not only do we see the wedding, we see the woman. This woman comes to the Lord. This, this uh, mother of Jesus comes to the Lord. Hallelujah. And by the way, by, uh, by, by the way, she had been living 30 years uh, with this thing hanging over her because people knew she was, according to Jewish history, uh, she had to deal with a lot of folks thinking and knowing that she was pregnant before her and Joseph got married. And so she, some folks thought she was a woman of fornication. They thought she was a, a woman. But by, by the way, you know when the, when the preacher stands up at a wedding and he says, now you can take her hand? That's because you weren't supposed to be taking it before then. Somebody ought to say amen. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you ain't married, somebody ought to say amen. Amen. That's also why he says you may now kiss the bride. So you ain't got no business kissing. Amen. Amen. God help us. Amen. You don't need to play shuffleboard with each other's tonsils until you get married. Somebody say amen. Amen. I felt the spirit of Tony Hudson come over me right then. There was a problem at this wedding. This woman said, this, this, this mother of Jesus, she comes to him and said, hey, they out of wine. They run out of wine. They wanted wine. They were thirsty. They're thirsting for wine. They went to a feast. They provided everything they thought that they needed maybe. Sometimes isn't that the way we are? We do everything that we can and we still run out. We do everything we can we still come up short. We do everything we can in our life to make sure those around us have everything they need and we still sometimes have a vacuum. And ain't it, so, ain't it so that, man, when you talk to Jesus, he can feel the areas that's lacking in your life. They were thirsty. They were thirsty. And they went to Jesus. But there had to be a transformer. The Lord's going to have to turn this water into wine. Notice the procedure said uh, Mary didn't panic. She didn't hyperventilate. She didn't call uh, hey, man, some of these uh, supply houses. Uh, I tell you what she didn't know. She said, I don't know what we need to do, uh, uh, but I do not, I'm not going to try to figure it out. Whatever he tells you to do, uh, that's what you need to do. And this is what I'm saying. When there's trouble, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in the mess that you're in, uh, whatever situation, if there's a place lacking in your life, uh, if there's an area, why don't you, when you run out of joy, when you run out of wine, that's what wine's a picture of. When you run out of the happiness of being a Christian, why don't you run to Jesus, amen? When the Bible speaks of joy, it's the strength of the Lord. Nay, the joy of the Lord's your strength. Thank God for gladness. Sounds a lot, sounds really, I, I know i said this before, but sounds like some people I know that's married. They ain't got no joy in their marriage no more. Just hanging in, hanging on, waiting till mom, wait till the kids grow up, and then they'll split. I, I met a man one day. He, he was a lawyer. He said, "Man, the craziest thing come happened the other day, preacher." 
Uh, and, and I'm just talking to him a little bit, got to know him. I was sitting around. He was actually on jury duty, and I was on jury duty. And uh, I thought, I didn't think they called lawyers for jury duty. I guess they do. And we're sitting around talking. He said, preacher, that's the craziest thing happened. They had a man 55 years married, and he come in to get a divorce the other day. Why would you wait? Why, what, why are people uh, running to the divorce court to satisfy your problem? Listen, can I just say, I know sometimes these things happen. You can't control it. You've got a divorce. Hey, get, you're married again. Shout to victory. Go on and serve God. Don't, don't live in a state of depression. I ain't you glad there is forgiveness. Amen. But, 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 but friend, listen, that, that ain't the answer to everything. And maybe God can work things out if you can just talk to him and get the joy back in your home. Amen. Running out of wine in this day meant disgrace. It meant embarrassment. It meant, it meant the excitement was gone. It meant the party was over. It, it, it's kind of like the picture of humanity. Hey, man, there, uh, we are living in disgrace. We have no excitement. There is no joy. How, why did the wedding run out of wine? I believe for a lot of reasons, but here's one. I believe it was poverty. I believe at whatever reason, they didn't have enough. I, I believe if, if this man was wealthy, if this, if this wealthy mom and dad was wealthy, they would have had plenty but I believe they just ran out. They didn't have enough. They had a limited ability to provide what was needed and that's the way everybody is. We have a limited ability to providing or meeting our own needs. I believe there's a lack of planning, not just a, a literal poverty. I believe there's a lack of planning. If you just, when your plans, when your plans in your marriage or plans in your life include just going to Hawaii, going down the road to to pigeon forge and, and, and running all over the place and then you wonder how in the world did I end up in this place listen you're going one day have to face the fact these bills these babies and these battles you're going to have to fight say amen and you might as well snuggle up to the blessed Lord amen you might as well get your praise and your shout I like what Moses did when the, when the bottom fell out he went back and talked to the Lord for 40 more days and got his shine back on and Everybody, he got his joy back. God wants our joy to be full, according to 1 John. There's a wedding. They run out of wine. They're thirsty. There's going to have to be a transformation. Look at the water pots. Notice these water pots. He said this. He, he, he said this in verse number 6. He said, There were set there six water pots of stone, after the mannering of the purifying, there were six water pots. Six is the number of man. This reminds us of the carnality of man. Amen. These clay water pots. Amen. There's a necessity for these water pots. The Bible says for the purifying of the Jews. You remember what Mark 7 verse number 3, what they told the Lord. He said the Jews eat not except they wash off it. They must have used a whole lot of water. Because if you think about it, they have six water pots, two or three firkins in each water pot. That's 20 or 30 gallons. That took a, that's 120 gallons that it took that crowd to get clean. Okay, have you ever stopped to think for a minute how many gallons of water it'd take you to get rid of your sin? There ain't enough water on planet Earth to get rid of your sin. It ain't enough water. Pilate couldn't find enough water to wash the guilt off his hands. And you can't find enough water 
water to wash the guilt off of your heart. There's going to have to be a transformation take place. Amen. God pours the water into your clay vessel and does a transforming work, turn it into the joy of salvation. Amen. You ever stop to think how, how much water it takes? Amen. Just to clean one sin. Notice the nature of these water pots. The number of them, the necessity. But notice the nature of them. They're hard. They're clay. That's the way most folks are, hard-hearted. Amen. They're hard-hearted. The amazing thing is, them things are hollow. They is empty. They ain't have nothing in them. That's just like we are without God. But I like what the Bible said. The Bible said they fill them to the brim. Oh, I love that. God, when God saves you, he'll fill you to the brim. Amen. Uh, you was just like that when you was lost. You was hard-hearted. You was hollow. You was empty. I remember when I was under conviction, I, I thought to myself, man, I, I don't know how that preacher knows everything that I've done, but he does. And, and I got to the place that drinking and partying and all that stuff wasn't satisfying, that emptiness. It, it, it never did, but it, it at least numbed you enough where you didn't think about it as much. And then, man, you'd wake up the next morning, have a headache, go to work, swear, swear on planet earth you'd never do it again, be out there in the blazing sun building houses, and then as soon as quitting time come, you'd be right back at it. You know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. And man, be right back at it doing the same crazy thing, wasting every dime and dollar you had, trying to find some ounce of joy, and all the while, Bud Dumber don't do it, Miller Low Life has never helped you, and y'all always come up empty and you're always thirsty and you're always hungry and you're always hard hearted and you get harder and harder. Y'all listen to this preacher. Oh, thank God for one day when the Lord came by and God took some old fashioned preacher, uh, some of them servants of the Lord uh, and said, y'all just go get some water and pour it in them hard vessels. And then in the Bible, water is a type of the word of God. And them servants poured in the water. Brother Greg poured in water. Brother Ken poured Poured in water. Miss Connie at Sunday school class, poured in water. Brother Frank's son, poured in water. Thank God for the preaching. Pours in water. And it gets up to the brim. And then it's going to take the servants that's done all they can do. Amen. The pots can't do nothing about it. The pots can't make it change. The pots can't fix it. The servants can't fix it. All they're going to do is mind it. But it's going to take a touch of the Lord. It's going to have to be a supernatural transformation. And God takes all that water and all that obedience and he transformed that into wine the joy of salvation amen you say preacher I don't, I don't see what the big deal about that well according to Isaiah according to Isaiah now here's, here's, what, here's what Isaiah says Isaiah says that salvation, the gospel called for salvation. Isaiah 55, verse number one. Ho, oh, come ye everyone that's thirsty. Come to the water and drink. Get that joy, that wine of salvation. It's a wine without cost. Amen. It's already been paid for. Come ye to the waters and buy wine. Ho, oh, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye. Buy and eat, come. And buy wine and milk without money and without price. Here's what the Bible says. 
said in Genesis 49 and verse number 11, when the Messiah comes, when Shiloh comes, when Jesus comes, he's going to wash his garments in wine. Ain't you glad? Thank God for the notoriety of these water pots in Scripture. Hey, man, will you think about it like this? He, he takes us back to Moses' day. You ever thought about it when Moses, the difference of the miracles in Moses. Moses, the Bible says, turned water into blood. Hey, Amen. The beginning of Christ turned water into wine. Moses took something that was comforting and turned it into a curse. That's what the law does. The law shows you under a curse. But then Jesus, thank God, hallelujah, takes, amen, takes something and turns it into something special, amen. Amen. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. Well, it ain't just any wine. Think about this. The symbolic picture of filling them pots, the stony pots of man's heart with water, preaching and singing and teaching of the Word of God. And then Jesus coming by and touching it and doing something spectacular and special. You ever thought about this? This word wine, it can mean fermented. But it can also mean unfermented wine. Here's what I think. If you took a, a, you could, in a million years, you could go find the leftovers of that wine. You could drink that wine. Absolutely. You, I would invite you to drink any of that wine that Jesus turned water into wine. It ain't going to harm you. It's absolutely going to help you. I'm going to lose some of you right here. Y'all stay with me. Proverbs 20 verse 1 says, Wine is a marker and strong drink is raging. And whosoever, whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Jesus would not create something that would deceive. Bible said in Ephesians 5.18, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. God would not contradict himself. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Thank God. When you can get a hold of this kind of wine, it's the picture, it's the unfermented kind. It's, the water. it's what they said of our use often for your stomach's sake. Now listen, over at the class six, when, you was, when I was in the military, you could go over there, and I hate to admit this, you could get like a 64-ounce thing of wine for about $4. I mean, it was the cheapest stuff on black, and you didn't have to pay to, over at the class six. Am I right? And, and man, it sure did not comfort your belly. It tore your belly up. And can I tell you today the wine that he's talking about that's got some good in it is the wine that's in the cluster. And think about this. For the wine, for the grapes to give forth their goody they have to be crushed and smashed and broken. Oh yeah. Ain't you glad Jesus went to Calvary? Hey man in the wine of his blood. He got crushed. He got broken and he got smashed. Hey thank God he washed his garments in the wine. Hey man you can get washed in that wine of his blood. I say hallelujah. If you can drink this wine, if you can find it, I'd say drink on. It speaks of someone getting born again. Thirst not only for the Spirit of God, thirst for the new birth of preaching of the Word of God can transform your life. And I thought about this. Don't let unbelief hinder you from getting the help you need to. If we obey God's Word to the letter, yield our soul to him entirely. He will fill us to the brim 
He'll be the guest of our hearts, the guide of our way. I'm so glad he will. Amen. And the glory of our praise. I don't know, I don't know who may be sitting in here today who has got a heart that's like stone. And you empty and you're hard. And the longer you're empty and the longer you're out in the sun, the harder you're going to get. What made them clay pots keep from cracking, from getting too hard, was keeping them filled with water. And some of you haven't been filled with water in so long. Your heart's hearted, and you just about cracked under the pressure of what this world can put on you. But ain't you glad God's got people who still minding him? And they'll, they'll take water, they'll fill you to the brim with water. But them people can't save you. It's going to take a touch of the master. And if he did it back then in the first miracle, he can do it right now today. And I don't know who you are, but I can say this. If you holler, if you're hard, he can help you. I won't say this. You say, preacher, I, I'm, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I, I need something from God. He's got what you need. You say, preacher, my marriage has lost the joy, it's lost the happiness. Miss Victoria's going to come sing. You say, preacher, my, I'm in a mess. My joy's gone, my, my, my happiness is gone. Jesus is not only the supplier of what you need to get your joy back. He's the substance of worship. He's the source of worship. Amen. Thank God. I, he's everything you need today. And all he's got to do is you've got to come in there and just yield to him, obey him, and mind him, and say, God, and I'm going to say this. If you're saved, you need to ask God to empty you of yourself. Fill you with his presence and his spirit. As much as God wants you saved, he wants you filled. As much as God wants you born again, he wants you filled to the brim. God wants you to be saved. He desires for you to be saved. This world's getting more vile every single day. I, I, I thought about the things that old brother preacher Bain preached on yesterday. Brother Bridget. What's acceptable in our society is not acceptable in the scriptures. There is no gray area in the Bible. It's black writing on white paper. It's either right or wrong. If you're questioning whether something's right and you're saved by the grace of God, then no, it ain't right. Because you don't have to question if coming to church is right. You don't have to question if reading your Bible is right. You don't have to question if coming. Is everybody with me? There's not even a flag. No, no question to that. If you're constantly questioning, it's wrong. Heads is bowed, eyes closed. Let's all stand your feet.